Hey everybody, welcome to another Agile Games Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Laura. Hey y'all! And we've got another <laughs> special guest with us here this week. Laura, why don't you introduce our guest? So our guest this week is Dave Bloom. Paul and I first met Dave just recently at the Agile Games West Conference in Berkeley in October. And we were really excited to meet Dave because, as I understand it, he's not someone who's been in the Agile world for a million years. He's relatively new to Agile, but he is a experienced and avid game player and has a very special business related to building team trust. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that and sharing that with the folks on our podcast today. So welcome, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Now, did she get it right? Is it Bloom or is it Blum? How, how do you say your last name? I prefer Blum. Blum. Okay, great. Did I say it wrong? You said it the, the way that my brother likes to pronounce it, actually. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So even the family doesn't agree on how to pronounce it. Yeah, right? there's a, a tug of war about our, the pronunciation of our name in the family. Ah. So the preferred pronunciation is Dave Blum rhymes with Plum. You got it. All right. Excellent. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your back? So you're not from the Agile world necessarily. Not at all. Recent transplant. <laughs> dipping your toes in the agile water so to speak indeed all right so how did you get into uh, since it's it's not agile let's get into how you got into gameplay what's kind of your background where where did you get started in the work world and and how did you get into games well i've been into games since i was a kid probably like many people in this uh in this field uh when other kids were out you know riding their bikes or or doing what they were doing, I had a buddy and we were playing games and we would go through every board game in our closet twice. We, we actually took out a book about card games and learned all the card games. And it was just, which, what game are we playing today? Wow. So I, yeah. I've been playing games forever and ever. That was our hobby. It's good to have a companion like that, that you can do those kinds of things with as a kid. Yeah. He was a fun guy. At one point he had this idea that he was going to create the largest magic square, which is a square where the number is going up and down and across all equal the same number. And so he started creating this thing with the idea of being in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> wow. Did uh, he get there? You know, he created it in his garage and it was huge. But when he uh, contacted the Guinness folks, they said that it didn't meet the criteria. Oh, so it was, bummer. He was denied. <laughs> I know my sister and I tried to set the teeter-totter world record and, uh, I, I think we got to about half an hour and gave up. So uh, <laughs> so how about in the professional world? So were you even into your teenage years and, and, and 20s and things like that? Were you still really into gameplay? Well, gameplay has always been one of my favorite things. It, it sort of morphed into game night when I would get together with friends and we would play games. Then uh, what happened was I had sort of pursued a kind of an eclectic career. I had gone off and taught English in Japan for three and a half years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Came back and was working in tourism for a while. Then I was working in nonprofits and decided, how can I sort of return to my roots and create a business that would combine my strongest interests, which continue to be gameplay, working with groups, uh, and travel. And so I uh, mulled that around for a while and said, hmm, and I started again, I started brainstorming with a friend and he said, didn't you tell me that you once went on a treasure hunt in San Francisco on Chinese New Year's? And I said, mm -hmm. yes, I did. And he said, well, why don't you do that? And I said, <laughs> mm, that's interesting. It would combine the travel. It would combine the gameplay. It would definitely be 
facilitating, and especially if I did it for team development and team building. And so I uh, started a company called Dr. Clue that would combine my three favorite activities and been doing it for 20 years. So was that original treasure hunt in San Francisco, was that one of those facilitated ones, a team building one, or, or how did you how did you do that first one? No, that was a completely public event. I would just I attended it as a public event. It was a big, massive event that this one person put on. But I immediately, as I was doing it as a participant, I was thinking the fascinating part of it was not just the gameplay and the competition, but what was going on in my team. How are we making decisions? How are we leveraging the diversity of our skills and knowledge to accomplish the goal? How are we creating the, the communication and the trust to be able to, to pull this off and to excel? So to, it, right from the beginning, I was thinking this would be a great team building activity. And in fact, I really have never done them for public audience. I've always been interested in the group dynamic. So Dave, that first group, did you come with a team or were you put with other people that you didn't know? I came with a team. Okay. Very cool. So then you started Dr. Clue. That's that's the name of your company, correct? Yes. How did that get started? How did you first start finding clients and putting together your business model? My first hunt was for a bicycle group that I was a member of at the time in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. And I just agreed that I would go ahead and make one. So I did this for my group and everyone really enjoyed it. And I was excited. Then I started to uh, volunteer my services for free for any social group that I could think of. Eventually, I uh, found a group at a local synagogue. It was our young persons group. And they asked me to create one in San Francisco uh, in conjunction with one of the holidays, with Purim. At the end of the activity, which again went really well, somebody came up to me and said, hey, could you do this for my law firm? Mm. said, well, sure. And I had no idea what to charge, and I got a big lump in my throat, and I grabbed a friend, and we went down and had the interview with them, and they uh, they actually hired me. And that was my first paying gig, and then I started to, to think, I might be able to do this. And then I put up a website. This was back in 1996 or 1997 when websites were a little bit new, and all of a sudden, uh, I looked like a much bigger company than I was, and I started getting inquiries, and I haven't looked back. So about 20 years, that's cool. 20 years is a, is a long time. Yeah, that's serious longevity. Yeah, there's a lot of small businesses that don't last 20 months. Or two months sometimes. Or 20 weeks, yeah. So, Dave, is each of your treasure hunts a custom job, or do you find some opportunity to reuse what you develop for one group, perhaps for another one down the road? Well, they're all reusable, which is the great thing. If I create a, one, a hunt in New York Central Park, I can use the same hunt, the same clues for any number of clients. However, we do have a premium option where we offer the client some customization. We'll, we'll work their information, their company information, their team information into the clues, into uh, challenges. So that is one of our premium options. But the clues themselves, they're absolutely scalable and repeatable. So you must have quite a library having done this now for 20 years. Well, we have 150 locations, 150 parks, museums, and neighborhoods that we've transformed into living board games. And each location has at least eight to 10 clues. So yeah, there's, we've covered a lot of ground over the last 20 years. So tell us about one of the more exotic or interesting uh, locations that you've done a treasure hunt for. 
Well, every so often we get a request that is so exciting. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just, you're, you know, and your mind spins, how am I going to pull this off? You know, for example, we've done three programs in Geneva, Switzerland, two in Madrid, two in Paris, several programs in Puerto Rico. But I would say the biggest challenge was when I got a call from a client wanting us to do something in Dubai. Now, I'd never, <laughs> I had never been to Dubai. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> how that was going to work. Uh, and uh, But we went out there and decided that everything was so spread out that we had to do it by car. And so I spent about a week in Dubai going back and forth, trying to find statues and plaques and murals and monuments and historic signs all around Dubai. And it, w- it was quite an adventure, uh, particularly on the day of the event when I had my bag full of materials in a taxi. I went to a specific location. There was this glittering mosaic camel outside of one of the hotels, and I thought that'd be a great clue location. I went there with my bag, stationed myself so I could take pictures of teams as they showed up, and unfortunately left all of my clue materials in the taxi, and it drove away. Oh, no. Yeah. So halfway through the program, I've flown you know, what, something like 12,000 miles, and it looks like my hunt has just driven away. what'd you do hunt for your hunt well the funny thing is this this was actually again we're talking about kind of pre-cell phone so i didn't even have the the ability to get on a phone but i i went to the hotel concierge pulled out my receipt for the the taxi and fortunately it mentioned the taxi company's name and so he started calling around and they finally managed to track down the taxi driver and he about an hour later he came back and he had the materials and we raced to the lunch stop where they had just finished eating their lunch and I showed up and said hey everybody ready for stage two because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we facilitators do so why don't you walk us through a little bit of what is a treasure hunt exactly great question In this niche that I work in, there are scavenger hunts and there are treasure hunts. And they're usually used interchangeably, but they're slightly different. A scavenger hunt is a list of objects that you try to execute. You check off an item on the list, you find it, you put it in a bag, you bring it back, and that's a scavenger hunt. And there's nothing cryptic. There's nothing deceptive about it. It's just execute the list. It could also be get a list, you know, execute the scavenger hunt photographs or whatever it is. A treasure hunt, by contrast, involves the solving of clues that lead to specific locations. So like if you were, if you found a pirate map from Treasure Island, it would be leading you to specific locations that the the treasure hunt master has thought about in advance. It's very uh, specific and very intentional. And that's what we do. We write clues in the form of puzzles and code that lead to specific mystery locations that we think are really interesting and cool that people will be delighted to find. And they'll be grateful that they did this treasure hunt because they got an irreverent walking tour while also playing the game. So it's more like the Da Vinci Code or National Treasure than a scavenger hunt that we would do when we were kids. And you learn something along the way, either about the sites or about the people you're doing this with, huh? Ideally, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if we've done our job right. You'll you'll see uh, a statue of a giant acorn or giant penguin or a mural that uh, is down an alley that no one would ever know about. Or you know, all these things that we find are really delightful. And and when I'm actually creating one of these and I find one of these blue chip treasure hunt locations, it just makes my heart sing. 
<laughs> now you did at the Agile Games West event treasure hunt for Team Trust. How is that different from just one of your regular treasure hunts, or is this just the same thing? Or I, what, what's what are the twists that you do to make it more about Team Trust? This particular program was an indoor hunt, you know, in a conference room. It was part of it was a session for, for Agile West. And, uh, you know, my, our usual treasure hunt, of course, is outdoors. It, uh, it could be in a museum, it, but it's out and about in the real world and you're going to different locations. When you do a hunt indoors, uh, you have to uh, be a little bit you know, more compact. People were solving clues that led to objects which were scattered throughout the room. It could be a magic eight ball. It could be a toy truck. It could be a doll of Homer Simpson or whatever. And as they solved the clues, which were, you know, anything from Morse code to Braille to picture puzzles to word puzzles, they would it would lead them to different objects. And then they had to uh, write down the names of the objects and so on. My idea here was to embed the elements of trust into the answers. And we used a little code system, which uh, it sort of almost has to be seen to really be fully understood. But the idea was that if you found, let's say, a toy VW bug, that was the correct answer. There was a code sheet where you would find the VW bug and then follow the line across and it would say sincerity or reliability or caring. It would have one of the elements of trust. So the idea was that you would play the game, but then the code sheet would allow would reveal some key elements of trust. And so it was built into the answers, which is kind of a, a fun way to play a game, but have the output be that you would learn something. And then we spent some time afterwards looking at the answers, uh, the five elements of trust, and then breaking them down into what they're all about. So that's a really interesting thought, Dave, because I know in the world of Agile, we have trainers and coaches sometimes who are challenged by how do you teach some of the more abstract concepts like the Agile Manifesto and, and values and things like that. I could see using some thoughts of what you just described to putting together a treasure hunt for a team as part of reinforcing those abstract ideas. <laughs> I mean, there are ways to do it. You can embed them into the individual clues mm -hmm. as well. You can embed almost anything into a clue. For example, you can ask a question and the answer to the question, you pull letters out of the answer and it feeds into another puzzle. And there are a lot of ways that you can take content. You could take all sorts of content from the Agile Manifesto, ask questions around it, pull out answers and turn it into a puzzle. But then you know, my idea was also that the we just sort of matched up the answers to the clues to content around team building. There's there's a lot of ways you can do it. That's very nice. I got to say, I was super impressed that you were able to pull this off in just an hour and in just one room. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about it was indoors, it was a single room <laughs> that you had, and you only had an hour to do this. And it, it sounds like there was a lot of involvement. And I walked, and unfortunately, Laura and I weren't able to really attend sessions. We had to keep jumping in and out. But I walked in a couple times, and that was one heck of an engaged room you had. It's a crowded room. There were people on top of people's. The thing is to... If you do it right, once people jump into a game, you should be able to hear the pin drop, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think puzzles have this this uh, amazing ability to suck people in, to draw your attention. And, of course, once you start to see 
the chaos lead to meaning. And once you start to have that eureka moment where something that looks completely nonsensical, suddenly there's a coherent message. It's like that, yeah, that eureka moment is really exciting and deeply satisfying. And and once that happens, people are hooked and then they're going to plunge on all the way to the end. I, I can't think of any time where I've done a treasure hunt where someone has checked out or lost their engagement. So tell us about, uh, I would assume that at the end of the treasure hunt, there is treasure. And for the games that you do for your clients, I would guess that what the treasure is kind of depends on what the clients are interested in and willing to perhaps pay for. So is, is my guess correct? Tell us a little bit about your treasure. Well, I go back and forth on this. For years, the first few years of my business, I actually gave prizes and it was interesting how often people came up to me and said that giving a prizes was a bit of a buzzkill. All uh-huh. of a sudden, yeah, you would think, oh, that's you have to do that. You, a game has to have prizes. But in fact, the people who win feel like they've had a successful day, and the people who lose maybe feel like they've had a, a failed day. And then the people who win, you know, they, they tend to start teasing and taunting and, and lording it over other people. And all of a sudden, it can put on a, a negative feeling when really what this is supposed to be about is unifying people and making them feel more connected. Instead, you're basically saying, you know, let's cheer the winners and everybody else gets nothing. And so I, I didn't like that feeling very much. And I had a lot of people come up to me and say, I really wish we hadn't had prizes because it really, it really ruined the event. So for them, for the next number of years, I just said, we're not playing for prizes. It's just the journey. You're playing for the esteem of your peers. And we would just really quickly dispense with it. Okay, that's the winning team. Clap, clap, clap. Now let's debrief. You know, we just get it out of the way and then go right into the debrief and, and what can we learn. Of late, I've been sort of taking more of a hybrid approach and giving joke gifts. Like, <laughs> you know, I have these hats. They're like rubber hats in the shape of dinosaurs. And I've been giving these dinosaur hats, which uh, I buy at the dollar store for the winning team. And then I give Mardi Gras beads or something to every participant. And everybody feels really good about this. It's remarkable. And, you know, everybody gets something. Uh, everybody laughs. And then we go right into the debrief. And, and, and that's been a nice way of doing it, too. Yeah. And afterwards, people were walking around all over the place wearing those hats as the winners of the treasure hunt. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's really it, it can be something very, very nominal. It's actually better to give a one dollar dinosaur hat than a ten dollar uh, Starbucks coupon. You know, <laughs> it really is. But uh, okay. I, I prefer not to harp on this is a competition with winners and losers. I really think that it does create mindset that the point is not to learn to enjoy your peers, but just to get from A to Z and win. And, and, and I would much rather people be present to the experience. Now, my guess is it, is the end of the treasure hunt is also uh, an, an excuse for a really good party at times. Very often. <laughs> Very often. But uh, it's usually not up to me. Usually I, I end my program, uh, we harvest it for as much meaning as we can, and then they can go off and party as they like. <laughs> That's great. If people want to find out more about this, uh, where do they go to find out about what it is you do? Uh, my website is drclue.com, D-R-C-L-U-E.com. That's where all the information is. I also have a presence on Facebook and on LinkedIn and Twitter. Are you thinking about doing any other conferences or what are you up to next? Not exactly sure. I, I do have a booking to do a, an ATD, 
Association of Training and Development. That's coming up in January. That'll be fun. But I haven't uh, approached too many other conferences. It's really uh, who approaches me and, and what my schedule looks like. But it was fun to learn about Agile, actually, uh, and see how it synchronizes with, uh, with the work I do. It absolutely does. That's very cool. It was great having you. We were really excited to have you as part of it. And like I said, people really seem to have a blast doing it. So, yeah. Dave, I've got I've got a question. I just got to ask you, is there a book in the works? No, but I think about it all the time <laughs> for 20 <laughs> years, right? 20 yeah. years. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. I've been looking into uh, how people write books without uh, losing their mind. <laughs> <laughs> fill us in if you figure that out yeah, yeah it might very well happen I, I definitely am thinking about it very cool well we would definitely be interested in that because I think you've got some great stories to share and some things that are useful for agilists who are putting games together so even your your ideas about prizes and just the philosophy of how you set up your, your games is just spot on with I think a lot of how agilists would approach the same thing I think that the people did so well on the treasure hunt at uh, the Agile West because they were so immersed in Agile philosophy. That's yep. what we like to hear. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had people who were self-organizing, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You had people who were, uh, they were creating a, a sustainable pace. There was simplicity to what they were doing. They were uh, talking about best practices. We did it ap- afterwards. There's a lot of face-to-face work being done. You know, there was often a short time scale <laughs> to, uh, to work on each clue. So it was actually, it was interesting to see the, the team aspect, the agile team aspect, what they were doing. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and let you get back to what you're doing. It was really great having you on here, Dave. We really appreciate you taking the time both to come to the conference and to be on the show. Are there any other ways that people can get a hold of you? Are you on Twitter or anything else? Yeah. Like I said, uh, these days, I, I'm uh, working to create more of a presence on Facebook. My uh, latest and greatest idea is to actually open up the storehouse of all of my clues and to give people on my Facebook page a chance to solve clues and to find some of my locations on the Internet. So uh, I've been doing some interesting contests recently on my Facebook page and on LinkedIn where I'll, I'll give a, a simple clue and say, find this statue online and what are the what are the words at the bottom of the statue? And so people are doing a lot of Internet research. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more uh, virtual treasure hunts. Oh, cool. That's Dave Blum on LinkedIn and then Dr. Clue on Facebook, or is it Dave Blum on Facebook as well? It's the Dr. Clue treasure hunt Facebook page. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you, Dave. It was really fun to talk about this. I'm ready for the next one. Thank you very much. I'll be there. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to talking to you again. 